Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome. This is the Podcaster Community Show, short conversations that are not just about podcasting because I like to take the scenic route. My guest today is Trisha Rose Burt. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great, Craig. How are you? I'm good. Super busy. We were talking beforehand about you know, people telling one, you need a lot of activity or you need to do something creative or be, and I'm like, that's me. I'm always, if I don't feel like I'm under an avalanche, <laughs> I'm not doing it right. <laughs> something is wrong. Yeah. Or I feel like something's wrong, although it's probably would be better for me if I didn't do that to myself. Um, so you, there are so many things we could talk about, right? Um, let's talk about, I like to ask people, so your podcast is called No Time to Be Timid. And the question I have, and it's, I also want to talk a little bit about like how you make the show because not getting sucked into the making of the show is a really interesting uh, thing to talk about. But my, my thought is your show is about, I'm going to say empowering creative people to feel like they can take the leap that they can like, you know, move into their creative endeavors. And that's kind of that's well, not kind of that's meta. So you that your story involves a leap to change to being a creative person, and I'm just wondering when did you first imagine that you should step forward and make the thing to help other people, or like how did your journey go from I'm a creative to being I want to enable other creatives? How long has that been going on? You know, that's a really good question. It's been going on for a while. And at first, I mean, it was it was such an an amazing thing to me to to discover in my mid thirties. Oh, I'm an artist. Who knew? I mean, mm. I, I just you know I was raised that I was supposed to be in business. That's what my family did, you know. Or if we were frisky, we were a lawyer. But mostly, you know, it was <laughs> it was very you know logical, reasonable mm. things to do. Um, and so uh, when I I sort of accidentally ended up in art school. Um, and real, again, realized that's what I was. And it, it just, it just blew my world wide open to go, wait, there's th- like, I've missed out on this for this whole, like, this mm. is amazing. This is a, this is amazing. The ability to be able to express myself and to be with a lot of other, like, I never felt like I fit in. And then going to art school was like, well, nobody fits in. This is the best. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, this is the, these are, this is where I'm supposed to be. Not what, you know, cause I'd spent so much of my life trying to fit in with everybody else. It just never worked. And because I was, you know, I'm a, you know, I could act like I fit in, but you like in the inside, I'm going, I have this, you know, this, I'm, I'm, you know, this, this is not it. better end soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like everything, you know, just everything. And so, you know, I, I just kind of felt called you know, and I'm using that word um, intentionally, you know, sort of spread this creative gospel, you know, Mm. and, but it took a long time. So, I mean, I was telling you a little bit before the show started that, I mean, I made a very drastic leap. I mean, I was, you know, I had created a life for myself in Boston that created, that required a a very high paying job I no, no longer wanted anymore. And um, I, I just knew it was the wrong thing for me to do. I'd been going to art school at the same time. <clears throat> and so I just, uh, and really in one week, I quit my job, sold my car, divorced my husband again, which was not on a whim that had been in the works for two years and moved over to Ireland because I thought I needed to completely remove myself from where I was to start over as this artist that I wanted to be. 
And, um, you know, I don't recommend everyone do that drastic of a, <laughs> of a move. But, but in my life at that time, it made perfect sense. I, you know, I was no longer married. I didn't have children. You know, no one was relying on me to do anything. Um, and I was unencumbered. I could, I could start over. And, um, but I had so many people come up to me and say, oh my God, I would love to do what you did. Oh my God. I was, you know, all these people, I'm, it was so curious to me, the number of people in more conventional positions who mm. were wishing they could have a more creative they life. Too could so I, I, I developed this one woman show. It would had been in my head for like 13 years and I finally did it. I, I would, I would do it in my car for like five years. I did it to the dashboard. Um, and then, um, I finally did it in 2007, I think 2008, I'd been a visual artist for years. And then when the market crashed or did whatever it did back in 2007, I thought, oh, I know I'll go into performance because wow, a lot of money there. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, well, there's no money where I'm standing, moving to <laughs> another place where there's no money isn't a problem, right? <laughs> And so that when I did that show, which was all about my journey going from a conventional life with conventional expectations and becoming an artist and saw the effect that show was having, I told a smaller version of that uh, for The Moth many years ago in 2011. I told it on The Moth stage. It was called How to Draw a Naked Man. And people still email me about that story, about saying, I was, you know, I was in this horrible job and I heard your show and now I'm going to art school. All right. So, I mean, so, which is thrilling. I mean, it's totally thrilling. For people rushing to YouTube to look that up, it's <laughs> how, how to draw a naked, N-E-K-K-I-D, not naked, how to draw a naked man. I, <laughs> Definitely I worth a your, watch. I applaud your inner southerner, Craig. You got that just right. It's naked. <laughs> well, I, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, we're going to, that's going to be a homonymical house of horrors. If I point out it's any KKID, um, people might be able to find it, but otherwise NSFW, I don't know where you're going to end up. Uh, I love that you, um, point out that the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say the specialness of being called to do work. And I was just reading something, the, uh, a quote by Hugh McLeod, which I won't try and slaughter where he's talking about if you, um, that, that everyone has a personal Mount Everest and it doesn't have to be a physical mountain, but everybody's got yeah. something. There's this thing. And if, if you don't make, uh, using the mountain climbing metaphor, if you don't make at least one serious attempt to get above the snow line, which is like a mountain climbing thing for like, you actually mm -hmm. really tried. If you don't make at least one serious attempt at your personal Mount Everest, you're going to regret that. And I think oh, it's yeah. maybe lucky of, of, uh, people who find themselves struggling because they're torn between a more plotted out course and a creative course, maybe they're the lucky people because they find that ache early enough that you can still jump ship or you can still make a big change. Um, so I, I don't know that I've ever jumped ship or that I'd even be able to do it now. Or I'm, let, I'm just like, um, I'm so meta, even this acronym, but I think that's pretty astute of you to have noticed that you were called to then make a significant, important change. And then to still realize that you're still called to do more to like, I'm air quoting, come back and share it as a podcast. Yeah. 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 So now the next thing, uh, this is nominally about podcasting. Um, 
So you strike me as somebody who's slightly detail oriented, slightly like organized <laughs> and processed. <laughs> I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Um, how do you avoid? So you 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 realize that maybe you should be making a podcast. You pretty quickly, I'm going to assume, realize that this is a gaping maw. You know, of like, oh, you could just dump your entire. I, I make the joke, podcasting is like the face hugger from the movie Alien. You know, where like you're like, oh, what's in here? <laughs> you know, and then it's like on your face. Now you put that visual right. in yeah. my head. Yeah, that's that's podcasting. So how do you? Um, I'm assuming that you agree with me because you're laughing along. How yes. do you keep that beast um, at arm's length? Like, how do you keep that under control? Like, how do you push forward the creative vision that you have for your project? and fight off the fear of like, I'm not doing everything I should be doing. You know, it's interesting. You know, I'm a storyteller by trade, if that's a thing. It's a thing. And so there's like three, um, there's three key parts to a story. One is theme, one is narrative arc, and one is what's at stake. And the theme of a story is not necessarily the plot, like what happens in the story. It's what mm -hmm. it's about. So, you know, if we get, look at how to draw a naked man, you know, the, and I'm, I'm, this is a way to answer your question. Um, you know, how to draw a naked man is burnout corporate executive goes to art school, realizes she's an artist, changes her life. There you go. The theme is really about. <laughs> Just spoiled it, right? Again, we keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. I want people to but, go watch um, it, not like, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good. Go see it. Um, but the theme was breaking unconventional. The breaking conventional expectations. And so one of the ways that I sort of push back at what this podcast could turn into is what's the theme of this thing. And the theme is helping people find the courage to choose the creative path. So everything I do is through that lens, at least content wise, hmm. you know, who's my guest. So the guests who are on the show are not people who came out of the womb as artists. You know, the first guest I had was my friend, Tim Donovan, who went to art school in his early 40s. It took him 10 years to get through art school. Then he became a co <laughs> I mean, literally 10 years to get through art school while he was running another business. And now he's co-director of an art gallery down in New York. You know, that that's a guy who, I mean, in his mid 40s, you know, and he was very open about this in the interview, got sober, realized he was an artist. OK, let me go do this mm -hmm. now. You know, the second mm -hmm. guest were people who were ordained ministers. And now they're, you know, Emmy Award winning um, filmmakers. So I'm looking for people who didn't necessarily start out as, you know, came out of the womb knowing they were going to be an artist. That So that so it, it's a th with that theme, it helps me pick my guest. It helps me pick what resources I'm going to offer people. It helps the, uh, it, it, it just, it just makes content selection really easy because hmm. that's the theme I'm using. Um, the what's other, the you know, night for you. Oh, sorry. If you had finished the second kryptonite? part, I was going to say, what's the kryptonite, but you had a second part to your answer. I didn't want to cut that off. Well, no, I guess the other thing, I mean, what's been overwhelming for me has been, um, you know, I'm not great at technology. Um, and so, and also, um, just you know, I'm a storyteller. I'm used to being on a big stage where I have to project and do all these things. And you know, the microphone, I can just visit the microphone. You know, like right. I, I, you know, it's a whole, it's such an intimate medium. 
podcasting. Mm. And that's, even though storytelling is incredibly intimate, I'm usually doing it in front of a live audience, you know, and it's a very different way. So, I mean, I've learned so much, so much. Um, and I think the gaping mall part is like the fear that can come from, I am one of 2 million podcasts. Am I making any difference? Mm. You know, and I just can't think about that. I can think, you know, I put in my head, who's my avatar? Who am I making this for? Who's the one person I want to make sure is listening to this? I'm doing what I can to build my audience and getting smarter about that. But, you know, I'm just trying to put out the best episode I can. Hmm. And, yeah, am I answering your question, Will? Yeah. I mean, the questions okay. are just... Um... Jumping off points. Are, yeah, no, the questions are just like, you know, the you know, the flag for the bull, the red thing. It's like it's just a question. Yeah, I just think yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so I was gonna ask you what the kryptonite was, but now I got a better question. Um, I think it's a better question. So you have extensive experience doing storytelling when you have audience feedback, like you're you're the people I'm talking to are standing in front of me. So if the guy in the back leaves, I can see that if this person yeah, like yeah. you know blows their milk out their nose, I can see that. Yeah. Do you do you find that one of these endeavors like storytelling with an audience versus storytelling or helping someone else tell their story in a podcast. So these two different uh, ways of doing it, two different um, mediums, which of them do you think takes more courage? Which one do you have to be more brave oh, to try and do? Really interesting. Way better than the kryptonite thing, I think. You know, well, because for me, I mean, for me, there is nothing better than a live audience. Like, there's just and, and and then there's a difference. I don't get in front of a live audience because oh good, I'm just in front of a live audience and I get a rush out of being in front of people. I get a rush out of being in front of people when I have something to say. Mm. When I think what I can share with them may affect some change in their lives, either in perception or whatever it might be. And so I'm not like looking for audiences just for the sake of having an audience. Um, but there, you know, that being in front of an audience totally fills me. It's just a fantastic experience. It terrifies other people. I have the exact opposite experience. Podcasting has been taken more courage for me because it's new because, um, because I'm not getting that immediate feedback. So I can't adjust. Like I can read an audience and start, right, you know, right. it's a conversation. It's a conversation with an audience. You know, when I'm just doing the first part of my show, which is host on mic and it's just me, which is just like three minutes of me telling a story, it's the most uncomfortable part because I don't have that feedback. I don't know how, how's this, what, you know? I, mean, yeah. I think like, host on mic is really hard. It's really hard, really hard. And I didn't realize how much of what I do is shaped this, this collaboration with the audience. Hmm. Um, now the interview part, it's interesting. I was afraid I wasn't going to be good at it interviewing because I'm used to being the one on stage. Like, am I going to be good at sort of not of being sort of not the star or whatever? Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be the sidekick, right? Which yeah. is literally what I'm doing now. Like, oh, how much color do we need? How much? Yeah. yeah. How, how, where do I put myself in here? And then I realized I've been teaching storytelling for so long, and all I do is actively listen and ask people's questions. So it was the exact same <laughs> skill set. I'm like, oh, wait, I've been doing this for years, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so the part I was the most scared of was the interviewing, and it's the easiest. And the part that I wasn't scared of at all was the storytelling part, 
at front. And that's the hardest hmm. because I don't, I'm doing it just by myself going, I hope, I hope this is okay. <laughs> I hope somebody loves me. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's just like, is this landing? Yeah. What if it's landing? You know, I, I don't know. Hmm. And with an interview, then I still have control because a lot of this is about control because I can shape the interview. Like if the interview is an hour long and I want the show to be about 30 minutes, I can take the best parts of this, the interview mm -hmm. out. And also if I've come in too much in that interview, just take me out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I can take the, the, I find that the color works in the interview to get the interviewer going, but I can go back and cut me out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where and I just still have, carry, they still yeah. carry. Yeah. And then we don't have to have, you know, too much. Trisha has two or three, you know, minutes at the top of the show. She's got some stuff at the end, but in the middle is all the wisdom, whatever my guest is going to bring to the table. Yeah. That's my plan. How, how little of Craig can we put in the thing to make yeah, the thing work? Yeah. Yeah. And then also to know, just, I mean, you have a very, you know, you have a great personality and a great presence. There needs to be Craig in there somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm really good at what I do. I need to have Trisha in there, but what's the right. balance? You know, what is that balance of, and of course, I was raised never to draw attention to myself. So well, <laughs> looks like that didn't work. <laughs> I was going to say that didn't work out. Right? <laughs> it, it worked for a lot of years. And then yes. I was like, somebody needs to draw attention to themselves. It might as well be me. Mm -hmm. And so again, that call going back yeah, to- and, But it's the intention, right? Like yeah, the, intention the intention for calling attention, yeah. the intention for calling attention yeah. to oneself, if that's in service yeah. of others, like I want to make these people laugh or I want to share yeah. this. You can, you too can, you know, follow your creative urge. Then I, then I think you're in the right, one is in the right space. If your intention is in the correct uh, vein or one has the right intention. I think, <laughs> I think you just said the really, a really important thing, which is, is it in service to others? You know, mm. and I think that, you know, there's a certain level of humility that comes in hopefully, if you're trying to be in service to others. So, and I, I also learned, there's a, a wonderful woman named Marion Roach Smith who has a great book called The Memoir Project. And I worked with her a lot as a writing um, instructor. And, you know, I would get really nervous about, you know, drawing attention to myself. I mean, I would, you know, there were times when I did my one-woman mm -hmm. show in the beginning, I'd be in the green room going, I'm a bad, bad person for drawing attention <laughs> to myself. Like, I'm bad. I'm just <sighs> bad, you know? And then I got over that for, it took a long time. I mean, I finally can stand on stage and accept applause. I mean, I used to just run off the stage like, oh, people mm. noticed, yikes. Mm. But, um, but it, you know, she was really important in saying, you know, your book or your podcast or your blog or whatever it is, is about, is about something like breaking conventional expect expectations or something, breaking right. convention. And you're just the illustration. It's not about you. It's about this theme. You're just the illustration. And so it's sort of, as she says, nudges you off stage. So it's not like, it's all about Trisha. It's not all about Trisha. It's about my experience and breaking convention. Hopefully, it will give you some courage to do the same thing. It's very, it comes from a very different place than let me tell you all about me. So hmm. that 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 is a that is a real um it's just a great reminder if you're somebody like me who lives in the world of first person narrative most of the time 
to to yeah, be reminded. Tough, right? I yeah. Mean, I think most people live in I mean, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't have a first person narrative because you're all we're all sitting behind the glass, the windscreen of our little self car and like the world's yeah. out there and I'm in here and that's everything happens from there. But it is really nice when you when you realize that that perspective is still useful to share. So Yeah. It's um, useful. I mean, you know, we don't have the time for me to get in about how important storytelling is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but you know, our voice, everybody's voice needs to be heard. It really yeah. does. And podcasting That's, is a great, is a great. Exactly what I was going to say. The, the, yeah. the scalability of podcasting is yes. a great opportunity for people to try putting their voice out there. Um, I want to make sure that we also say, if you want to find more about Trisha, you can go to Trisha's T-R-I-C-I-A Rose Burt, R-O-S-E-B-U-R-T.com. And you can find her blog. You can find links to all the YouTube videos we're talking about. That's the easiest way to find how to draw a naked man. Um, spell it again, else? Craig. Let's see if you remember. How well, to I'm trying not to show off. It's N E K K I D. I I have notes over here on the side of the screen. So I have these written down. I'm cheating. Um, but then again, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Like my job is to remember to cross T's and dot I's. Um, yes. Hey, Trisha, it was, uh, there's a lot of backstory to how many times we tried to do this. We won't go oh, into that. My but word. Thank you so much for six the sixth time appears to be the charm. I think, um, I think. I hope I didn't just jinx it. <laughs> no, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do anything. I won't shut anything down until you tell me I'm supposed to. Lord knows. Right. Thanks so much for taking <laughs> the time. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it.